What's going on, folks? Welcome to episode 25 of the Fallen Outdoors podcast. I am your host, Joel Campbell, and I'm super excited to be here because we have an incredible show lined up for you today. Today's show is brought to you by Die Bomb Industries, the leader in elite decoys. So today I have a couple special guests joining me. My first guest is not only one of the first founding members of the Fallen Outdoors, he is also a very good friend of mine, Mr. Justin Boardman. Thanks, Justin, for joining me today. My next guest needs no introduction. He is the godfather and the founder of Dive Bomb Industries, the king of silhouettes, Mr. Cody Stokes. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. We have a great lineup for you. Let's get after it, boys. Cool. Uh, yeah, Cody Stokes, uh, born and raised St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, avid waterfowl hunter. And uh, yeah, started Dive Bomb as just a little hobby company around, uh, what, 2011, so 10, 11 years ago. And uh, growing, and uh, it's been just a wild, awesome dream come true. I mean, like, uh, wild dream come true. I mean, as a kid, I'd just sit and look at the Cabela's Bass Pro catalog and think about how am I going to get in here, which is actually not what I ended up doing because we're direct to consumer, but uh, managed to have create a company that sells, uh, you know, to, to my ideal and my hobby and uh, my fun, you know, passion, which is waterfowling. So, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. So that's just my little brief introduction. I mean, I go on and on probably. But. Awesome. Um, we're, we're big, huge supporters and big fans. I basically got rid of all my uh, full bodies and we've converted, at least in this house, to all dive bombs. So big, big fan. Boardman, yourself? Yeah, I mean, I last year, I, last year I dumped off all of my all of my full bodies for the most part. I still I still have a, about a dozen staple Bigfoots that sit in the trailer when I need them and I throw them out there to mix them in. But I'm running about 15 dozen v2s and uh they just they just do it people say you can't kill skinnies or uh cacks over skinnies out here but it's it's if that's false we do it we do it just fine out here i i think you can kill anything over these decoys they're exceptional that's awesome you know and you say v2 right so v2 the backstory on our canada goose silhouettes is we had uh basically a version zero or nothing at all it was basically just called canada goose silhouettes by dive bomb and then we had some feedback in the field. Uh, we went from basically a caney cane style steak to the U steak back in 2012 or 13. And that's the steak that ever, the whole industry uses now. I mean, we've seen the H steak, you see the handle. All of those are basically morphed or born from our V2 Canada silhouette steak. So in the V2, we've tightened up the neck, the neck gaps and pumped up some of the places that weren't uh, like as, as structurally sound so to speak with the grains that run and the corrugation and uh that was the v2 so the v2 is born so yeah some guys we got v2 v2 f v2 a v2 everything but v2 is basically our foundation and it's just crazy how people still love the v2 f to this day when we still when we have this v2 ff which is ultra realistic awesome fully flocked but some guys just run the v2s and they're so successful with it because they know how to hunt them uh, they know how to hide and they know how to scout and do their homework. So yeah, it's cool. Cool. Here you got V2s. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I have a little bit of everything. I have everything from that and cranes. Uh, I just went to town 
when I sold all my full bodies, I got rid of blinds. Just I started over like a kid, basically, and just went to town on the website and was just clicking stuff left and right. I couldn't believe when stuff showed up. It was like Christmas for four days straight. Asher just kept dropping boxes. It was it was incredible. I was so stoked. Cool. That's awesome. I love I love it. I love to see people. I love to see people posting their packages when they get home from the day. Their their uh, shirt of the month. All this stuff. And they put it right on top of the box. The box is cool with a big dive bomb scattered across it. So, yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate the support, guys. Oh, absolutely. When you produce such good quality equipment, it's super easy to rep and want to use it. I got a question for you then, Cody. So, you know, get jumping into the, into, you know, your decoy company, you know, kind of just revolving around the silhouette decoy. When you were a kid growing up, did you hunt over silhouettes? Did you make any of your own? Was that a thing that you did? Because I know I cut them out of, you know, eighth inch, whatever I could find, because we didn't have hardly a, a dollar to our name when I was growing up. We laid in burlap sacks and hunted over tiny, you know, plywood decoys. We did the same thing. There was a there was a field that I uh, that I hunted, uh, and we had my starting Canada goose spread were shells. It was five dozen shells, all stacked up. Had them in a had them in a duck floater bag over my shoulder the whole deal, and these geese were flying over, not even looking, not even looking, not even looking. So, <clears throat> on the internet <clears throat> at the time there was Outlaw, and then there was Real Geese, and Outlaw had just at that time gone out of business or stopped selling, whatever whatever it might have been dissolved. Um, so I'm thinking to myself like I could make these right, but <clears throat> I'm not going to go out and paint them. I could I could make them out of uh, plywood, paint them. You know how that all goes down. Uh, I went to the park and I took pictures of geese and I took them to Kinko's, which is like a copy store and uh, printed them in color. And I put them on, uh, it's basically larger yard signs or the bigger pieces of yard sign plastic, which is corrugated sheets. Uh, and I glued them to them and I cut them out with a razor blade. And that's how I got started. That's uh, craftsmanship at its finest, Boardman. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? It's been a t- I spent a ton of time at the park getting pictures of geese i mean i went from i went from one camera to another to another to finally figure out like it's probably not the the indian it's the arrow or whatever whichever way that would go but got some good pictures found a man found a manufacturing partner and uh we uh, we made 500 dozen and i sold them on craigslist uh and that's how i got started so after i sold 500 dozen doubled down ran a thousand and then uh Actually, the thousand came in and they were all shit. They were all purple and shiny. And it was just like, this is it. You know, it was a great little run there, a little hobby company. You know, I got some shelves paid for, maybe my traveling expenses to Canada, whatever. And, uh, you know, the best advice my father ever gave me when I was basically thrown in my cards was it it worked. Why wouldn't it continue to work if the product wasn't bad? So went back in, ran the thousand dozen correctly, took the loss and, uh, Man, it just kept growing, going and growing and going and growing. Started advertising in the magazines, water, wildfowl, American waterfowler, Ducks Unlimited. Prices are crazy, but we had a little black and white in the back, like way in the back. And then uh, started on the social media platforms and uh, bumped into Asher. And he's basically had the reins of the social media after, I think, like one year of me managing it. That was the next question is how did you bring him in and how has this evolved and really taken off as far as what we can see since he came on board? How did you guys get together and what is exactly his title? Interesting story. Uh, Asher Tolliver, 
he used to run a page called Compatriot Outdoors. And it was a, I mean, it was a wildly popular followed platform that he created just as a hobby. So backstory on Asher, he's, uh, uh, I can't compliment him enough, but he's a major league, he was a major league pitcher. Yeah. He pitched for the Astros, and he pitched for the Orioles. And uh, anyway, he's got a ring with the Astros, which is just really sweet. But I think he had a lot of downtime and he was traveling on the road. Uh, and uh, I mean, he's a doer. I mean, like the guy really is one of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. Uh, he had compatriot and he reached out to me and said, Hey, would you trade product for posts on my, my page? And I look at his page. I'm like, he's got a hundred and some thousand followers. Yeah. I could use the help. So we did a trade and man, he had a spreadsheet all lined up with the timeline and the content and everything all ready to go. I'm like, well, this is more than I bargained for because usually, I mean, back then, especially man, you get burned by almost everyone making deals like that through the internet. Agreed. Um, yeah, so that was, you know, it took a, a little risk, I guess. It was it wasn't much to shake a stick at, but he oh, did that. Wow, and, uh, and we went back and forth for about a year like that. And he said, you know, would you ever be interested in me helping you with your page directly? And I was like, please, absolutely, please. Very modest, started off at like very, very, very modest management fee. And I think a month went by, he gave it a whole month. And he called me up and he said, um, I got a problem. And I'm like, what's your problem? And he said, your page is exploding and I can't find the time to manage this. I'm either going to get divorced or I have to justify this with more money to my wife. Kelly, sweet, sweet gal. <clears throat> so I'm like, yeah, you just, you tell me what you want and we'll take care of it. Modest again. And I'm like, this guy is too good to be true. Uh, and he's just literally, we've grown from there. <clears throat> I think he was, I think he, you know, reaching his thirties and said, you know, maybe, I'd like to spend more time with my family, be home, uh, start a career outside of baseball. And he reached out to me and was like, is there ever, would there ever be a full-time position? I'm like, yes, absolutely. So Asher, after basically before he left baseball came on as our first employee. So he awesome. was, you know, he was ground floor of basically, basically the plateau to launch us into this basically cyber, cyber orbit we've been in this wild cyber ride with the social media platforms. That's just been incredible. So he's like the nitrous to, to the, to the engine, you know, but he does more than that. <clears throat> Not to go on and on about Asher and how great he is, but man, he does, he just does so much for us. He's a real self-starter, go-getter, uh, manages a crew of guys, awesome crew of guys. Um, Cade, Kyle, Forrest, I'm sure everyone's aware of them. Yeah. They yeah. do such a bang up job of managing all they the social a, they media. They have an all-star team. The social media platforms, the, the content management, the content creation, the relationship management, uh, all the while maintaining, you know, strong core values, family values, faith values, all, all these different things, man. That crew is just so phenomenal. Uh, that was Asher. And now he's uh, he's vice president, number two. Uh, not like number two, you know what I'm saying, number two, but he's number two. Um, <laughs> integral part of the business, irreplaceable in my opinion. And um, yeah, we'll see where the future takes us. So it's awesome. Such a cool dude. I've got to know him the last two years. He's such a stand-up guy. He's just an absolute grinder and loves what he does. You can tell he's got the passion for it. And it's not a job. It's an adventure for him. Every day he gets to go to work. Every day it's just a joy. Uh, I like his energy. I vibe off his energy big time. Such a cool dude. And it's great. Company. Yeah. So Cody, speaking of adventures, I seen that you just went out to Europe and did some hunting out in Scotland. I'd love to hear about that, man. That looks look like an awesome trip. Yeah, so we went over to uh, Aberdeen Wild Wings. That's my that's my shameless pitch for Christian out there. Christian and Daniel, the guys that that run that place, uh, are 
just freaking awesome, hilarious guys. So they're in Aberdeen, Scotland, and we went over there to hunt ducks and geese. So uh, the ducks were marginal, but we really went over there for the pink feet. So pink-footed geese uh, is a goose that migrates from the Arctic Circle to Iceland and then into uh, Scotland, uh, the UK. And they run our spec silhouettes over there, our spec silhouettes and socks. <laughs> and I didn't really know what to expect because there's really not a lot out there on them other than a couple of brief Instagram posts. And man, I mean, it was like, it was, it was incredible. You know, the weather, cold and rainy is about as miserable as it gets <clears throat> up early, driving around this old Defender 110 or 90, whatever it was, freaking sweet, left hand. The roads are narrow. I mean, <clears throat> they're flying around this thing. They got these two cool little aluminum trailers. One has a four-wheeler and the other one has the basically everything for the spread. It's got the blinds, got the silhouettes, got the socks. They back the, the four-wheeler out of one and then they unhook the other trailer with the decoys up, hook it up to the four-wheeler, little aluminum trailers, and we fly out in this field, just muddy as all get out, <clears throat> set up, God, 50 to 100 dozen silhouettes and socks, hide just like you would back home. Uh, but the cool thing over there is they've got the fences over there are all hand-built stone fences that date back, I don't even know how old, they may be, they may be thousands of year old for all I know. They're, they're literally picked stone or rocks or boulders that were moved by hand, basically separating sections one, creating, I guess, wind blocks, uh, boundaries, but ultimately getting, you guys there still? Okay, great, sorry about that. Uh, getting the rock, picking the rock out of the field so they could, they could plow. Um, but yes, big spreads, different sounding goose. They come off of basically salt water, the ocean from Iceland uh, in the ocean in between there and the UK. And they come in in droves, huge numbers. And these things locked up just like mallards. I mean, like when I, I say mallard, I mean like wings touching and fat legs out. I mean, they literally dumped in like the tight, like you'd see mallards dumping in the tiniest little timber hole. When these geese decided they want to do it, they literally buckled themselves and drop straight down to the ground. And you can shoot lead over there, which is also another interesting thing. The only oh, wow. country That's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It really is freaking crazy. Um, man, that stuff bucks though, I'm telling you. Um, but uh, no, man, all around amazing time. The goose hunting was phenomenal. Uh, but above all of that stuff, just the cultural difference in Scotland, uh, the, the people, the way they treat you, the way they act, the food, uh, the cars, the landscape, there were castles. We literally were passing castles on the way to goose hunt, which is just in incredible. So, yeah, and there's no awesome. limits. So, so food, I'm a big foodie, love cooking food, especially when it's coming from what I've killed. What was your favorite thing to eat? So favorite, I, I don't know, but most interesting definitely was uh, black pudding. So uh, I'm not even sure what it, it's a sausage. It looks, it came out like it looked like a sausage patty, your standard sausage patty. So I was excited. I'm like, oh, we got some, some Jimmy Dean over here. Wow, uh, this is close to home. <laughs> I put my fork in this thing and it like falls apart. Like it had the texture of uh, almost like uh, caviar almost. It was like, it just, it looked like a nice little circle on the plate all propped up. And then when you touch it with your fork, it kind of collapsed on itself. Uh, it was, uh, I think like it's a liver freaking sa liver sausage over there. And it was for breakfast. So black pudding was the most interesting thing that I had over there. Interesting. I uh, come from a very like long, long roots of, of Scotland. My dad, great grandfather, all of them. We still have a castle in Scotland. I've never been there, but it's still in our name, I guess. If we were to go over there, it. we could 
claim it with paperwork. It's insane. And one day oh, I want to go over there and, and see it. Wait, you own it? Yes. Get over there. I know. We've been trying for years. Um, I want Justin, my dad and I to me. He gets older. I really want to get over there and not, not only hunt, but I want to see the property. It's been our name for like hundreds of years. That's insane. It's bizarre. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. I was like, that's incredible. You should definitely bring a metal detector and oh, find for sure. a sword or something insane. That would be just freaking wild. Your ancestors freaking artifacts from like the mid, mid, mid ages or something. Crazy Big like time. That. Big time. Um, we have a crest. We have a, a, a family color. Uh, when my grandfather died, we were all in the, the family colors. Like we had matching ties to match uh, what, like, I think it was like a blanket or something that we put over his casket. We're very, very much in, involved in our, our roots of from Scotland. It's pretty wild, actually. Except you've never been there. I know. I've never been there. <laughs> I haven't really had a chance. But, uh, so, you got, so the big thing over there with your family last name, I, I believe I could be talking out of my ass, but they're clans. Correct. So like. My Correct. last name's Stokes. It'd be Stokes Clan. The Stokes yep. Clan. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. I, I did. The, I did that. Uh, I did that. Um, Ancestry.com. Half Scot, half English, and like quarter Scottish Irish. So I guess I was kind of like with my ancestors then. So. There you go. Yeah. Show this one real quick in the background. Here comes Matt. Real quick. Oh, beautiful Big puppy. Big in Scotland. He picked up on the estate. That's, <laughs> that's showing off his dog that, he's, that he's got from Scotland. So I want to see Big Red. He picked up on the little estates in Scotland. Is that a Red Lab? Her mom's from Northern Ireland. It's <laughs> what red is dog. the breed of that dog? That's awesome. She hunts with Cody's dog, Cooper. Good lads. Good lads. And they jump the stone walls. Through. Get over. Get over. All right. I love that's it. wild. Good stuff. That's awesome. Oh, Trip sounded amazing. Now I'm going to go. Now I'm going to have to go. Oh, what's, the, what's the licensing and, and stuff like that over there? Because, I mean, I've just heard in Europe it's it's incredibly hard to hunt there. With there not being bag limits and stuff, is it kind of the same deal as you, I mean, I you think, just get the dog? I don't think that the birds – the bird regulation is really, uh, I think, non-existent. I mean, there's really not – there's not uh, like a demand for hunting over there that I know of. Uh, I think a lot of foreigners come in to shoot them is, is basically the majority of their hunters – so the bird's not regulated as much, but the guns are the regulated part. So that's pretty scary stuff. I mean, if you want to get a firearm, I think it's, I don't even know how long the waiting period is. It may be over a year. I mean, permitted, I think they can come in and check them or maybe even take them. Uh, I mean, if you've ever gone to the doctor for any sort of depression ever, you know, I mean, I don't I just know yeah. that it's strict as all get out. So yeah, I can at imagine. the same time, at the same time, they give these guys rifles with silencers. I mean, it's wild. It's a. Uh, so did you else. just get? Did you just get a gun from them when you got there? Or did you bring oh them? yeah, yeah. If you want to bring your gun over, you got to apply for like for a visitor permit or something like that. So forget about it. They got they had a pile of great guns over there. That's so, cool. Yeah, it, was, it was basically bring your bring your bibs, bring your boots, bring your hunting gear, and. Leave a little room for some souvenirs, and man, it was awesome. And we went to a soccer game over there. It was uh, the, uh, Aberdeen freaking their home Scottish league. It was it was cool. I mean, like he was all up in the culture. Oh, it was. We were all over. We had meat pies at the soccer game. I mean, yes, uh, 
we went to, we hit the pubs, had the Guinness. I mean, had granted that's Irish, but I mean it's right next door. Yeah, they drink just no, as no. much. Yeah, no joke. Do you, do you have a demand? No. Do you have a demand for your? Do you have a demand for your product anywhere else in the in the world other than yeah places? So like we that? opened up. Uh, we opened up uh, Dive Bomb Canada, which is just outside of Calgary. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Brooks, Alberta. So we have our, our own uh, facility up there, our own full-time uh, director up there, Ben Commodore, really great guy. He's been phenomenal for us. Um, the so Canadian cool, Asher. Obviously. What's that? Is he the Canadian Asher? A, A? Yeah, definitely a Canadian yeah. Asher. Uh, <laughs> so obviously Canada. And then um, outside of that, man, we sell – I mean, you, we sell the places you would never dream of. Uh, before this, Justin and I were talking about Iraq. Uh, I don't know if we sold there, but we've definitely sold to the Middle East. Uh, we've sold to islands off of Greece. Uh, our pigeon, our pigeon silhouettes. Pigeon hunting over in Europe is a big deal. Like it's co- their coveted bird over there. I mean, more yeah, I've heard that. demand than a goose. Um, so we sell specs, a lot of spec decoys over to Europe uh, because they look awfully similar to their their Pinkfoot and. Uh, and what's the other one? A big old like local type goose that they have there. Okay. Gray legs, yeah. Gray, yeah. Gray legs. That's awesome. So yeah, uh, man, craziest place though would probably be that island off of Greece, no doubt about it. So yeah, we need we need to get one of those maps. We should export all those sales and figure out where all the different countries are and get one of those maps with the push pins, you know, to see where it all yeah. is sold. Yeah. That'd be cool. I've seen I've seen people like I know I know in Pakistan they actually do a lot of waterfowl hunt in Pakistan. Like they, 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 kill, I, they kill redheads and stuff like that on these big like salt reservoirs and whatnot. And I, I mean, and they just lay, lay in the dirt, you know? So, I mean, there'd be a place for it over there. So there has to be like an oasis then. Would you call that an oasis? Like out of the sand comes this tropical paradise? Well, I mean, you'd be really surprised. A lot of people, and I mean, absolute no offense, but most people have no idea that, like that the middle east is far more than just sand like when people when people hear iraq and afghanistan they just think you're going to the desert but like iraq has amazing mountains oh it's gorgeous and amazing rivers all over and like iraq for instance like i said there's pintails and mallards and teal i'd see them up and down the main like that the main highway that runs north and south is called msr tampa and i'm the sides of MSR Tampa, there's all these like salt ponds and stuff that run down it. And you've got the Hilla River, the Tigris and Euphrates runs through there. So there's big, there's big vital uh, water lines for these birds travel. They do the same thing as they do in other parts of the world, but they're just there. At least. Yeah. So, and then I was just, uh, I was just in Korea all last summer. And when I first got there in March, I have never seen so many freaking Canada geese coming into the coming into the ponds and stuff like that outside it's of solar. Loaded. I mean loaded. With loaded. Loaded. They're all over. And the only people that get to shoot them because there's no hunting there at all is the Air Force guys down on the, the Air Force guys that uh that to keep the birds off of the, the runways and stuff. They get to walk around out there and shoot ducks and pheasants. There's big, gi- big giant roosters running around all over the place out there. I love. What do you think the probability of a Canada goose banded in the states 
has been shot at that airport? I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I'd say like if any of them, like I shot a banded CAC a couple of years ago that I was banded on the illusion chain in Alaska. I mean, and I could see the chance of them, you know, going that way, you know, cause maybe they, maybe the off chance one oh, yeah. went up and it gone that way. But I mean, there was a These guy guys, that shot a banded pintail on Pacific flyway from Japan. Not that long ago. Yeah, that's insane. Japan. Yeah. How freaking cool is that? Right. I love seeing the different places when we get a band. Where is it coming from? How far was the journey until we ended it? <laughs> it's kind of cool. All the, all the. I mean, we have it the best in the world by far with our outdoor, you know, experiences we get here. But I fished in a bass fishing tournament in Korea this last summer when I was there. Yeah. What? A, a sanctioned like they have a sanctioned uh, professional bass fishing tour there, and I I, I fished in one I of know, their tournaments. I know. I, those guys are into fishing. I'm, I'm, I know that. Like Shimano and all that stuff is Japanese. It's made over there. But those guys do fish. I didn't know they had bass in Korea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they back in the... I didn't know they had geese in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Geese, wow. Bass? Really? Yeah. yeah. In the early 60s, the, uh, the U.S. actually imported them over there. Uh, they imported largemouth bass and bluegills as to help as a sustainable food source for them. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, they put them in the reservoirs there, but during monsoon season, they, they drain the reservoirs out so the water can they, – they have enough spot for the water to get into. And when they drain the reservoirs out, the bass were getting in the rivers, and then before you knew it, they had gotten into everything out there. Well, the Koreans hate them. Like, the locals hate them because they like to fish for carp. And – uh they don't like the bass at all, but I'll, I'll tell you, man, I, I freaking caught a bunch of them. When I found out there was bass there, and I knew I had to park my bass boat in the barn this summer, I brought my rods over there, and it was pretty awesome. It's cool. like a, a cool experience. At, at least they don't jump out of the, the water and hit you in the face when you're driving down the river, right? Then you guys probably got those in that part of the country, don't you? Yeah. I got a, I have a creek in, at uh, my place just north of St. Louis, a creek. And I put my, uh, we bought this crazy jet boat from Montana uh, last year. And we're not back in Montana with the jet boat. So naturally, I have the jet boat. So what better thing to do than go run this creek with the jet boat? So back this thing in through the woods, smashing little trees with the ranger. Back it in, fire it up. And as soon as we fired it up, Asian carp in a creek that's like shin deep. That's like eight <laughs> miles. Leads into that's Mississippi. Crazy. That's eight miles. It was I mean, it's it was literally like out of the YouTube videos. You see those guys on the Illinois River skiing behind a boat with a bat and sword and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, you could literally do that on this creek. And they were jumping in the boat. My brother-in-law, new brother-in-law, uh, never not an outdoorsman, great guy, not an outdoorsman. We had three or four of them jump in the boat. And they're you know as big as your leg almost. <laughs> and they're flopping in the boat. And he goes, "The fishing's so good here. You don't even need a pole, bro." I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy it was um so we're curious what made you partner up of all the organizations that are out there you know with the outdoors what made ours stand out to you and made you want to partner up with us um i tell you what everyone in the military uh first responders all of that um uh, utmost respect from us the company towards them we've done thin blue line thin red line and then we've got a military appreciation shirt coming back. But I mean, 
as far as outdoors go, Justin's up um, Washington with Kyle. Uh, they've they're buddies now, and then you guys uh, being in the military and having a waterfowl focused hunting focused podcast, it's a, it's a no brainer. So get an invite to come on with you guys. Absolutely, we're going to take it. We uh, we want to appreciate uh, show our appreciation how how much it means to allow our chapters to get the best equipment out there for a very affordable rate so all of our guys can continue with our mission, which is, you know, getting bets involved in the outdoors, you know, as outdoor therapy. And it helps when companies like your guys is does stuff like that. So we can make sure our guys are, are fitted with the best stuff and, and it's affordable. So we really appreciate you guys support. Um, like we said earlier, Borman and I are both huge, huge dive bomb, uh, dive bomb supporters, and it's starting to grow more and more with our chapters. I just had three chapters in the last few weeks all reach out like, hey, full bodies out, dive bombs in, let's get it party. And I was like, okay. So I want to just <laughs> let you know how much we appreciate you guys' support, and uh, yeah, we look, look forward to the future. Absolutely. You're more than, you're more than welcome. Great. Yeah, I'll tell you another guys. thing, too, is – with all with the with the volume of vets that we take out on hunts and stuff, there's a um, there's a there's a high percentage of them that have been out for a while, and they might not be in as good a shape as they used to be when they were in the military. And uh, <laughs> when I had you know six, seven, eight dozen freaking full bodies, I'd break a crew off trying to get out into the field lugging around a bunch of full bodies. Now, <laughs> now, I, now I can just take a couple bags of dive bombs out there and we're in and out of the field in a moment, in a moment's notice, man. So it makes a difference in that too. Yeah, it's all. He's not is, wrong. It, it, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely convenient and efficient and, and all that stuff. So it's so what, convenient. Yeah. The trailers are no longer needed necessarily. I mean, yeah. they're still around and we use them, but is it really necessary anymore? No, I can take 15 dozen out in my pickup and it's yeah. awesome. Well, you guys being in the military, I don't know everything about efficiency. I mean, I'm not, I'm, and more respect to you for being in the military, but man, they've got to preach efficiency and effectiveness and all that yeah. stuff to you guys. So, yeah, it's all yeah, about well, cool. If you guys use them, I mean, I'm flattered because you guys are, are the real deal. Uh, with equipment and and choice and everything, so hats off to you guys. We appreciate it. Um, any future big products that you can make sneak peek of what you might have coming out? Yeah, so uh, it's been a minute, and I've gotten myself in some binds before going on these podcasts and, and revealing a little too much, uh, and then having a hiccup, and then you know we've seen people come and like backdoor us with products that we've even talked about on podcasts before. But in the very, very near future, we've had great success. Uh, our decoy line, our foundation, um, gosh, V2FF is the newest product. That's already released. We've got V2FF, which is fully flock uh, silhouette for, for the skeptics, the wary birds, uh, whatever whatever the reason is you go with V2FF. I run them. I think they're just the best thing out there. Granted, V2s work phenomenally. I'm just uh, – they just – the next level v2ff so we've got v2ff spec uh we've got the mallards coming out fully flocked uh basically you'll see our whole line come out eventually in the fully flocked uh outside of the decoys uh, then floaters obviously floater line is is growing we've got the uh, mallards honkers pintails now are released we have widgeon and blue wing teal coming uh and then we've got a spec floater behind that and then looming in the background uh are four awesome awesome snow uh full bodies so i know yes. we're kind of anti full body 
but there's you a are we're bringing out some snows so there's an outrageous demand or outcry for a snow full body permanent yeah. spread permanent spread guy ultra wary geese whether it's uh you know massive 4000 decoy spread or just an ultra ultra realistic wary snow goose small spread that's probably the only full body we're going to come out with is a, is a snow goose. So running okay. a full running our, our sock spread permanent can be done, and I've done it before, but it's a little bit a little bit more tedious, especially with weather, uh, with it being a sock um, than actual full body. So that's one of the reasons, and it's always kind of been my dream to have a snow full full body of my own, and I've got a new place that I want to run it on 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 on. Outside of that, we have a spinner coming out, so look out for that. That's cool. I don't think I've ever told anyone that. It's a radical new design that you've never seen. Nice. Um, A-frame coming out real soon. I Billy can't Blake. wait for that. I've been waiting for that. We've tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. We should have had this last year, maybe even year before, but it's like we, we're like, okay, production ready. And then we're like, wait, 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 back up, back up. We need to tweak this one thing. And then back up, back up, back up. We see a potential issue here. Wait, wait, wait. We need to change the tooling on this stuff. So... Eventually, you've, you've got to put out the best go at version one or revision zero, whatever you want to call it, that you can. And then you just need to be sure you apply continuous improvement to the, to the product. And that's all it is. You know, I mean, you look at your cars from back in the 20s. I mean, they're not even, they're not even near what they are today. I mean, not even, they hardly reflect one another, but that's just the progression of engineering and processes and whatever else. So A-frame coming really soon. Uh, Super Flag. We've got Super Flag 2.0 coming out uh, this spring, which yes. is we've softened the fiberglass rods and we've actually shifted the handle up on the pole. I don't know if you guys have used them. It's a brick shit house of a flag. I mean, yeah, they're wild. A frames. I mean, it's collapsible. You pull the handle, it opens. You slam the handle, it closes. It's freaking sweet. But the feedback we've gotten lighter fiberglass, and then uh, it feels heavy because. There's no counterbalance to it. So we slid the handle up six inches, uh, lighter fiberglass rods, and it shakes and feels real nice and easy. So Superflag 2.0, uh, we've got, we'll have oh a, a layout line. Obviously, we've got a kickback, gilly blanket. We'll have more kickback. So we're super excited. You got another uh, squ uh, squ is it Squad Fest. Is that what it's called? Squad Fest. So we had uh, Squad Backstory. Squad Fest is uh, our response to the calling industry, basically the establishment in the industry and kind of going in our own direction. So COVID, um, worlds were canceled, the whole deal. Shame. Yep. So uh, June of last year, we threw Squad Fest, which – we offered $30,000 in prize payout, two-man meat, uh, open, dock, open goose, youth stuff. Uh, and we just opened the doors of the facility to everyone and anyone. Had shuttles running from hotels, um, festivities, um, talks, you name it. We had birdiologists, um, um, biologists there explaining migration and patterns and, and just on and on and on. It was such a freaking phenomenal Success and great time. We have Squad Fest 2022. What is it? 2022? Yep. 2022. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. 2022. July. This, July, this July. 
July 15th through 17th. I believe, yep. And uh, we have outgrown the freaking turnout. was so unbelievable. We're now moving it to uh, a local park. We have this whole park rented out. Uh, has an awesome pavilion there. So we'll have a big calling stage. We're welcoming vendors from all across the country, call vendors, uh, dog food vendors, uh, basically anyone that's really not in direct competition with us to come in and display their stuff um, and and help grow this industry and promote. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so Squad Fest 2022, the calling contest, but the coolest addition to this event is going to be the dog long jump. So they've got the most perfect ramp. You guys are nodding. You like that, right? Yes. We both, yeah. we both love dogs. So we definitely have to get uh, like GoPros that we can strap. We're going to have to get like our dog vest modified for a GoPro. Yeah. And get these dogs like the, the what is it? First person view of the dog doing the ramp and stuff. Absolutely. And I just pictured Kate Tricky out there with his red bucket hat on in, in the kayak. You know, paddling yeah. uh, with his camera, just sitting out there getting wet, just happy with a big chewing. Girl, that dog, Sounds man, accurate. he jumped a mile, you know? Yeah. I can just picture it. It's going to be uh, phenomenal. So beer and food, food trucks, we have all sorts of really high end. I mean, we've got some dis discerning taste buds at Dive Bomb. We've got some high end food trucks going. Bart's, Southern Eats. Blew my mind last year. It was unfrickin' believable. I mean, the sausage and beans was ridiculous. But yeah, Squad Fest 2022, come out. Please, all everyone, come out. I mean, it's going to be a great time. You get deals on our product. So if you know us at all, we barely, barely, barely ever run deals or discounts. Uh, so if you show up in person and you buy there and take the product with you, show up at your trailer, show up at your truck, bring a semi, whatever you want to do, come pick this stuff up. You save on shipping, and then we also offer a discount for in-person in sales. Stay the weekend, eat, drink, be merry, watch the dogs, blow in the calling contest, have a great time. So come on out, Squad Fest 2022, July 15th. We're looking at possibly in a booth, though. It'll be a perfect way. Perfect oh, way to celebrate my anniversary. A heck of a discount to any veteran. Warn me, we're probably getting a booth, so come join us. Yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry. I'll probably have a beer in my hand. Yeah. Yeah, we were just discussing it last week. I'm going for sure, but I want to get a booth. I think it'd be great for both of us, uh, both both organizations working hand in hand. And then we got a booth out there. And I mean, I don't know what else would be better. You'll you'll meet a ton of people. The networking there is great. There's a bunch of different podcasts that come in and actually uh, do live podcasts from the event. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, we'll definitely do that for sure. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I heard nothing but unbelievable reviews last year. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, of dog vests, though, Cody. Yeah. So. I I've seen pictures of the dog vest, but I can't seem to find it on the website. Is that is yeah. that my mistake or what's no, going on? A demo? It's not your mistake. It's uh we've we've got we have ten basically production samples that we flew in, and uh, we've been we've been using them. And man, the feedback has been phenomenal. So we've done an adjustable vest, adjustable around the waist, and adjust, adjustable on the chest. Uh, and and so the upper piece is standard issue. There's only one size, but when you go to the lower piece, there's actually a large to medium and then a medium to small. So there's two lower panels included. So your 40 pound, your 40 pound micro, I don't even call it a micro lab, your 40 pound lab, well, I didn't really get that small, but apparently they do. People no, they like, do, the Brits do. Yeah, it's you're crazy. Right. They do. They do. Um, it fits <laughs> a huge range of size. It's functional. It's not like wearing a bullet 
waterproof, rigid vest. I mean, this thing stretches, flexible. It's got a contoured handle on top, two freaking, two, two uh, harness cables. I mean, uh, the adjustability, the flexibility and the comfort uh, and then warmth additionally is just, I think it's a home run. The, the trainers that have used the, the pros that have used it says it's the best vest they've ever fucking freaking even touched. Pardon the language. Nice. So, yeah, they're coming up. They're actually, they'll be released within the next 30 days. Sweet. Awesome. There you go, Justin. I'll be scooping one of those up because uh, yeah. this old boy here uh, went after Greenhead a couple days ago and ripped his vest right off on a log. Oh, no. Ripped right off. Yep. He hooked, he hooked, it, hooked his vest right at the corner of the armpit of his vest right on a log and ripped it right off. So there I was, there I was up there on the, on the bank, cutting a couple little holes in it. And we, and I zip tied it back together because he needed to have it. It was, it was like 15 degrees out and he needed to have his vest on. And there's like a few barbed wire fences out there and I didn't need him getting wrecked. No, not at all. Poor Jax. Yeah. <laughs> that Mike, that's the mic check right there. He's gonna be the next world caller. I don't know, Goose Duck or both. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Did you got him on my back? Oh, that's your hand. No, I don't want to get him. Matt went out look today. That. Look at that pile. A little mixed yeah, bag. Oh, look at the greeny. You got some That one has a headache. Widgies, Spoony. We got that him. Wid's, that wid's got hit real close. Well, that wraps up this episode. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. I want to thank both of my special guests for joining me. Justin, thanks for joining me, bro. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Also, thanks, Cody Stokes, again, for graciously joining us. I learned so much on today's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did. I also want to thank you for all the support and for making such incredible products for us to dominate in the field with. If you ever find your way into Nodak, please don't hesitate to hit me up for a hunt. Thanks again, boys, and thank you to our listeners for joining me, and everyone have a great night.